funding, reputation, professional credentials in the case of someone defending a dissertation. These things could all be at stake in your next presentation. With all that writing on it, why wouldn't you take whatever steps you could to give the very best presentation you can? I'm David Otey, and this is The Power of Story and Science, a mix of content and conversations on how to bring your science to life through powerful presentations. This content episode is a follow-up to the previous episode, Why Do Better? This time around, I will review the benefits you stand to gain when you up your game and do a better job with your technical presentations. You will hear the story of a graduate student defending her dissertation and a cancer researcher getting his funding renewed. How will upping your game help you? I'm throwing down the gauntlet for technical presenters. You can do better. And you owe it to yourself, to your audiences, and to the public to do better. Hi, I'm David Odie. Welcome to another episode of The Power of Story and Science. On this program, we often have interview guests for what I call a conversation episode. This is going to be a content episode, a follow-up to the previous episode titled, Why Do Better? The subject of that episode was exploring the question of why a scientist, an engineer, any other technical expert giving a presentation might want to raise the bar. You see, I think we've all seen a lot of, I won't say bad, I will say technical presentations that were not nearly as good as they could be, not nearly as engaging, and therefore they didn't make nearly as much of a difference to the audience as they might have made. Why? I think the main reason is not because these presenters don't know how to do a better job, although that could be part of it. I think it comes down to more of they don't know why they should do a better job. They're doing as good a job as they see most other technical professionals do. No one has expected them to raise the bar, so to speak. So in the previous episode titled, Why Do Better?, I identified four benefits that you stand to gain from giving a more effective, more engaging, and more memorable technical presentation. Just to review what those four benefits are, number one, you're more likely to get invited back. Now, maybe that doesn't appeal to you. Okay, let's go right on into number two. It will expand your reputation as an expert and a thought leader in your field when you give a more effective, more engaging, and more memorable presentation. And the third benefit is purely financial. If you're looking to get funding renewed for your basic research, if you're looking to sell your solution as an engineer or some other kind of technical professional who sells solutions to problems, or your firm is there to try to get a contract to build on your solution to a problem, that is more likely to happen if you can give a more effective presentation. And finally, there is the societal benefit. 
And this is particularly true, I think, for scientists. When you consider topics today that seem divisive because of the amount of misinformation going around about them, topics such as, well, we don't have to look far, human-induced climate change, or the question of how a safe and effective vaccine could be developed so quickly during a pandemic. And of course, the general public doesn't appreciate the fact that it's actually easier to quickly get the data that you need to prove efficacy during a pandemic than it would be during the normal spread of a disease. And yet there are so many things that the general public does not understand. And I think that we can look at studies that indicate trends in trust in science, but I think we can all agree that trust in science needs to be higher than it currently is. And in part, that means you, we, I don't consider myself a practicing scientist, but as part of that universe of technical presenters out there, given my background as an engineer, I think we all need to do a better job presenting our information, whether it's to an internal audience or to the broader audience as a whole. Now, how we can do that is an ongoing theme throughout this program. If you're just jumping into the power of story and science for the first time, I encourage you to find some other episodes. Episodes with communicators like Patricia Fripp, Darren LaCroix, Craig Valentine. Episodes with scientists and engineers, and there are many of those. And you can listen to some of the ideas that we've discussed about how to be more effective at telling the story of your work. But this episode isn't going to focus so much on the how as the why and on what results you can expect if you will raise the bar on your presentations. I think the problem is that most scientists, engineers, and other technical experts, when it comes time to give a presentation, get up in front of a room or get here on on Zoom or some other virtual platform, They throw some over-detailed, hard-to-read slides that they may have created for a print medium like a published paper. They throw those up on the screen and they narrate the slides. And then they think that's all that's expected of them. Does that describe you? Then I'm challenging you to do better. What do I mean by do better? I mean have more impact. Make a more lasting difference to your audience. Contribute to more public discourse about your topic. Even make more money or get the funding that you need to continue your research. And on top of all that, to expand your reputation. And if you think those goals are out of reach, they aren't. You're a smart, capable individual. You just may not have thought about what goals you could set for giving more effective presentations. So those goals are within your reach if you decide to pursue them. And if you find the resources that you need to help make your presentations more effective. The first step is to simply make the decision that you want to do better. I'm going to tell you about a couple of people today who made that decision and the outcomes they achieved. Now let me put forth a disclaimer. 
I don't have a control group. I cannot claim that had these people not turned to me for my advice, suggestions, or coaching, that they wouldn't have gotten the results that they got. All I can tell you is that the feedback I received from these two individuals, these two practicing scientists, is that they felt good about using the techniques I opened their eyes to. So maybe you can benefit from these techniques as well. The first person I'll tell you about is a woman by the name of Heather Boyce. When I first met Heather, she was a graduate student at the University of Maryland. She has given me permission to use her story. As she was preparing to defend her dissertation, she realized she was trying to cram too much information in. You see, she had three separate projects that she was basing her dissertation on. And she thought she needed to tell everything possible about all three of them. Even though she knew that that would be overwhelming to her audience. But you see, that's what had been modeled for her. That's what she'd been taught. Until she heard me speak at a scientific conference on a different way to present the story of your work. So let me read to you what Heather wrote to me in an email. She said, Every defense presentation I have ever been to starts with, here's my outline, here's my hypothesis, here are my aims, now let me inundate you with data and provide two slides of conclusions. Then she remembered the presentation she heard me give. She remembered seeing me coach some of her fellow students in front of an audience at that scientific conference. So she drew upon the advice she'd heard about reducing the amount of content and drawing the audience in instead of forcing them out by putting in too much information. She continued in her email as I'm reading, I opened the talk with an engaging, relevant intro combined with an anecdote and used blank slides effectively to transition and allow for clarification questions. The response was overwhelmingly positive and people were really engaged by my non-traditional intro, which was, who do you know that's been affected by prescription opioid abuse? Heather felt she was going against the grain, as she put it, in structuring her presentation that way. It was different from what had been modeled for her. Yet, changing her approach two days before her defense felt like in her case, the right thing to do. She whittled it down to talk about just one of her projects and even then focused on key representative data instead of the full data set. People in her audience wanted to know where she learned to present like that. She raised the bar and she successfully defended her dissertation. Heather is now a scientist with the Food and Drug Administration. What do you stand to gain by raising the bar for your presentation? In April of 2020, I presented a webinar for the Alan Alda Center for Communicating Science, part of Stony Brook University in New York. And following that, someone who was in the audience for that webinar contacted me. His name is Dongya Jia, and he is a scientist in Houston. 
He is a cancer researcher at an institution that is attached to Rice University. He has also given me permission to use his story. When he contacted me, he had a panel interview coming up with people who were responsible for renewing his funding for another year. And he was concerned about his presentation. He had a finite amount of time, I don't remember, 10, 12 minutes, something like that, to present his information followed by a specific amount of time for questions. I think the total time for the presentation and the Q&A was something like only 20 minutes. So he gave me his presentation. And like so many scientific presentations, my first impression was, here is someone who is going to keel over from lack of breath before he is done because he was speaking so fast, barely pausing for a breath, trying to cram in as many words as he possibly could, because he thought in the limited amount of time that he had that he needed to present this panel with so much of the data that their previous grant money had paid him to collect. And after I worked with him, he stripped much of that information out focused much more heavily on the why, not the what, not all of the results, but why the key results that he got were so important that they should continue funding his work even to the expense of other work that they could be funding because there's only so many dollars out there to go around. Afterward, Dong Ya gave me a testimony, which you can see on my website. If you go to davidodi.com coaching, and scroll down, you'll see that there is a video there with a coaching testimonial, and that is by Dong Yajia. And he says in that testimonial that what made the difference for him was when I said, focus on the why. Because before he had not done that. And when he cut back on the amount of information and focused on why it was relevant, why these results were going to help effect change in the world of cancer research and why he needed to be able to continue along those lines, his funding was renewed. Now again, I cannot claim that his funding would not have been renewed without that help, but I can tell you that he felt confident that what he was able to do after working with me made a difference. At least it made a difference to him in his confidence. So. Funding, reputation, professional credentials in the case of someone defending a dissertation. These things could all be at stake in your next presentation. The public perception of an important topic could be at stake in your next presentation. With all that writing on it, why wouldn't you take whatever steps you could to give the very best presentation you can? What are the best presentations? The best presentations are the ones that make the biggest difference. Your information goes nowhere if you don't meet the needs of your audience. You've perhaps heard me say that before if you've watched or listened to other episodes. To put it another way, when you present, you are planting seeds in the mind of your audience. Seeds of thought that you're hoping will find fertile ground 
and grow and expand and make a difference to that person's thinking. You can't plant the seed if you don't meet the need. So the first thing to do is to understand what your audience needs from you and then figure out what your presentation is going to do to change something about their condition. How do you want your listeners to think, do, or feel differently after you are done? If you've listened to or seen other episodes of this program, you have no doubt heard me talk before about specific purpose. All of these are elements in how you can do a better job. But as I said, this is not an episode primarily on the how. It's on the why. If you'll start by understanding what your audience needs from you, and raise the bar in terms of how you meet that need for, their, for satisfying their curiosity, then you can give a presentation that is going to make a more lasting difference to them and will be more accessible. So when your information becomes accessible and takes root, like I spoke about those seeds, to use that metaphor, in your audience's mind, that's where you're making a difference. Otherwise... You could just be giving a data dump. And we all know what a data dump feels like, don't we? So four benefits you stand to gain from raising the bar on your presentation to recap are being invited back, expanding your reputation and possibly even your professional credentials in the case of a dissertation defense, Gaining funding or selling your company's solution to a problem. And the societal benefit of persuading the public of the importance of your work and the validity of your science and the importance of trusting in science. All of these things are potentially at stake. And it comes down to a very individual choice that you can make. Am I willing to do the work that it takes to raise the bar? on presentations? Or am I just going to settle for doing the same kind of job I see so many other people doing? Fall is upon us. And with fall, or at least as I'm recording this, I have no idea what time of year it will be when you see it or hear it, but with fall upon us, that means we're heading into what for many organizations and associations will be fall conference season. Perhaps you're giving a presentation. Perhaps you're preparing one now. If so, I hope you'll contact me. I'd love to have a dialogue with you. I'd love to help you explore the concept of how you might be able to do a better job on your next presentation. I've been pleased to have contact recently from a listener, a viewer. Um, I guess I would say listener in this case. This program is available both as a podcast and as vidcasts on YouTube. This particular individual spoke to me about the number of podcast episodes he had listened to. Always a pleasure to hear from my listeners, from my audience in general, we'll say. How can you get in touch with me? Well, always keep in mind that the home page of this program can be found at storyandscience.com. That is, the name of the program is The Power of Story and Science, and we've simply shortened that to the URL, storyandscience.com, and that will take you to a page on my website, the master URL of which is davidodie.com, and on that page you can see all of the episodes of The Power of Story and Science. Scroll through them. There's more than 30 of them, and 
at the time I record this and see which ones appeal to you based on the descriptions of the guests. While you're there, you can visit the rest of davidodie.com, and when you see, on, as you will, on many of the pages, a button that says Schedule Consultation, simply click that. Pick a time that works for you, because my calendar will then be exposed to you, and you can pick a time for a Zoom call. I would be happy to have a conversation with you. We could talk about what it means to raise the bar. We could talk about techniques. We could talk about whatever is on your mind regarding your presentations and the challenge I have laid down to you to do them better. I'm David Odie. This is The Power of Story and Science. Come visit me at davidodie.com or see the rest of the episodes by going to storyandscience.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And as always, thank you for being part of the Story and Science community. This has been The Power of Story and Science. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend, leave us a review, or so that you don't miss anything, subscribe at Podbean or wherever you like to get your podcasts. This program is a production of Speaking of Solutions, LLC. Theme music by Kevin Lufkin. I'm David Odie. Thanks for listening.